This is My Child Will Thrive, and I'm your host, Tara Hunkin, nutritional therapy practitioner, certified GAPS practitioner, restorative wellness practitioner, and mother. I'm thrilled to share with you the latest information, tips, resources, and tools to help you on the path to recovery for your child with ADHD, autism, sensory processing disorder, or learning disabilities. My own experiences with my daughter, combined with as much training as I can get my hands on, research I can dig into, and conferences I can attend, have helped me to develop systems and tools for parents like you who feel overwhelmed trying to help their children. So sit back as I share another great topic to help you on your journey. A quick disclaimer before we get started. My Child Will Thrive is not a substitute for working with a qualified healthcare practitioner. The information provided on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat your child. Please consult your healthcare practitioner before implementing any information or treatments that you have learned about on this podcast. There are many gifted, passionate, and knowledgeable practitioners with hundreds if not thousands of hours of study and clinical experience available to help guide you. Part of our goal is to give you the knowledge and tools you need to effectively advocate for your child so that you don't blindly implement each new treatment that comes along. No one knows your child better than you. No one knows your child's history like you do or can better judge what is normal or abnormal for your child. The greatest success in recovery comes from the parent being informed and asking the right questions and making the best decisions for their child in coordination with a team of qualified practitioners in different areas of specialty. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Autism, ADHD, and Sensory Processing Disorder Summit. In order to learn more about the summit and to sign up for free, please go to www.mychildwillthrive.com forward slash summit. Hi, welcome back to the My Child Will Thrive podcast. I'm Tara Hunkin. I am really excited to bring to you today an interview that I just completed with Dr. Aaron Hartman. I'm excited about this because Dr. Hartman is not only a physician um, and now a functional and integrative physician, but he is a parent of a child with cerebral palsy and he changed the way he practiced medicine because of his daughter and his, he and his wife wanting to ensure that his daughter would live her best life and thrive. This conversation is very similar to to my story in terms of how we went through to find the best things for my child to thrive as well. And it's exactly why I created the My Child Will Thrive podcast and website so that you and other parents could find out about all the different ways we can help our children and that you're not alone on this journey. And um, there's always something new we, we can all learn together. Before we get into the interview, just want to remind you that we'd really appreciate it if you took the time to subscribe to the podcast and uh, review it when you have a moment, because the more people that do that, the more those podcast platforms will also share it with other parents like yourself. So they too can learn everything they need to know to help their child thrive. So without further ado, here is my interview with Dr. Aaron Hartman. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the My Child Will Thrive podcast. I am excited to have with me today, Dr. Aaron Hartman. 
Dr. Hartman's uh, journey with functional medicine started when he and his wife adopted their first daughter from foster care. She has cerebral palsy and countless dietary issues. They went from specialist to specialist, and even as a physician, he felt let down and confused. His daughter's health struggles forced him to confront an uncomfortable realization our current healthcare system doesn't have all the answers, and I'm sure this is starting to sound familiar to most of you right now. His wife, however, refused to give up hope. She ultimately pointed him to functional medicine. His daughter and other two kids began to thrive, and after years of in family practice, he felt he, he called to make a dr dramatic shift. He now helps patients identify leverage points in key areas of their lifestyle and health that harness the body's remarkable power to heal and begin living the vibrant life they deserve. He has become the go-to doctor for difficult and hard cases in Central Virginia. And as a clinical researcher, Dr. Hartman has been involved with over 60 clinical studies, and he's the founder of Virginia Research Center and currently is ser serving as an assistant clinical professor of family medicine at VCU School of Medicine. And lastly, if that wasn't all enough, he, in 2016, he founded Richmond Integrative Functional Medicine, and we'll talk a bit about that as well later. Welcome, Dr. Hartman. Really glad to have you here with us today. Sarah, it's great to be. I'm really excited about our conversation. We've already, it seems like we have a lot in common already. So I'm good to, I'm just excited to see what kind of the conversation where, where it goes. Yeah, me too. So let's start with that because as a parent, I mean, you're a physician and as a parent, so you have um, had adopted a child with cerebral palsy. Can just before we get started to talk about her journey, can you explain to people that don't know what cerebral palsy is and how she was affected with it um, so they can understand better? So cerebral palsy is when kids have a neurological insult to their whole brain, typically uh, before birth. And so it can happen by a myriad of causes. Sometimes you can have like a, a stroke, which our daughter had one of those as well. It can be related drug exposure, which unfortunately she had that as well. Sometimes we don't know. Sometimes it's an umbilical cord kind of gets tangled or knotted, but the gist is that there's a decreased blood flow to the brain and they get a global um, brain injury. And so they're born. And as things turn out, as they develop, they, they don't progress. And you start seeing um, because of the lack of progression, you kind of get the diagnosis of cerebral palsy based on findings. Yeah, that makes sense. So tell us about your journey with your daughter. So where you started and, and how you ended up going down the alternative or integrative or functional medicine route with her. Well, actually, my daughter was um, was one of my wife. My wife is a pediatric occupational therapist who dealt with kids with special needs. That was her practice. And so when Anna came out of the hospital, um, my wife started working with her as one of our patients. And when she was about a year old, her um her foster home was closing and my wife asked us, would we be considered bringing this little girl into our house? And I said, sure, and fell in love with her and we ended up deciding to adopt her. And so about the time when we we're pushing for that or, or trying to get that to happen, the GI specialist recommended uh, putting a feeding tube into her stomach. You know, it's a plastic tube where they could pour a formula in directly into her GI tract. Uh, the thinking was she was too small. She wasn't growing fast enough, you know, a failure to thrive. Um, to, the caveat my wife tells me, I always have to tell people was, it was the tube wasn't medically necessary. It was put in just to, because her weight wasn't, you know, optimal or whatever. Um, because of our understanding of oral development, feeding development, crawling, all these things, which our hope was she would thrive. You know, at that point in time, her prognosis was quite poor. We just kind of opted out of putting a feeding tube in. And we just spent the laborious time working with this little girl just to get bites in her mouth and get her to chew and swallow. And 
About six months later, my wife actually found a pediatric growth chart for kids with cerebral palsy, and she was right in the middle. And that was the first time my eyes were kind of open that the specialist who's supposed to know about this didn't used a stereotypical um, growth chart for our daughter. And because of that, was going to do a surgical procedure she did not need. And that was the first time I learned, wait a second, you know, trust, but verify, you know, yes, the experts have their field of expertise, but they're not the, the Uber generalists, which ultimately is kind of where my practice has gone. So um, that was when my, I first kind of veered off the, the well-trodden path. And that's what's led me down ultimately to have a integrative functional medicine practice. Yeah, so it's interesting, like you, you said, we're having a lot in common, but it, that was, it was an interaction with a pediatric uh, GI specialist that led me down the path of just saying that the, 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 what was being suggested to us seemed extreme, and maybe we just needed to, and when I suggested there might be diet, I was told that that was crazy. And I couldn't, my child could never eat enough fiber to, to deal with the issues she was dealing with. <laughs> so uh, so it, it does sound very similar yeah. uh, in, in many ways. And sometimes it's just that common sense that clicks in and you say, you know, we just don't want to do these type of massive interventions if we don't have to. Yeah, well, there's just in medicine, there's this push, like you come with a problem and we want to solve it. So a lot of times with kids with special needs, like with, with my daughter, it's like a, a surgical procedure. Let's she's tight. Let's lengthen her heel cords. She doesn't look good in a wheelchair. Let's do a SPML or some kind of spinal procedure, make her look look better sitting in a chair. Let's her eyes. She has they wobble around. She has strabismus. Let's do a eye surgery so she looks more more stereotypical. And once you realize a lot of these things aren't actually not all the time, but if you put in the hard work and find other routes, you can actually get similar and many times better outcomes. If you just put in the, um, the blood, sweat and tears and my wife and I are, I know, um, we don't, and many parents with special needs, basically they don't, you know, they don't pull any punches. They go all in and that's what we did. Yeah. Yeah. It does take that for sure. So maybe tell us a bit about maybe, well, I guess it's difficult because she would have been developing and her path. Um, but what, what's the biggest thing that you did that you feel changed that trajectory in terms of where her health and development was going? I mean, Terry, we've done so many like biohacks and things with her, but the foundation on which all of the future things I've learned about over the last you know 10 years and we implement, the foundation was changing her diet, you know, starting to change from formula, doing real food, realizing healthy fats are critically important for a brain development, realizing that processed foods were awful. Um, that was the basic, the basic thing we do with all of our kids with, you know, we have two daughters with, you know, with neurological issues and a son had asthma and eczema issues and the, the diet was the pivotal thing that actually got them moving forward. And then on top of that, we did all the cool stuff, but it was diet was, was the critical thing that made the biggest initial change with them, um, with all our kids. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because like all the cool stuff and it is true. Like you, it's, it's the things that aren't that exciting, um, you know, that we go, well, they're, they're not that exciting, but they're the things they're foundational that work. It's the same thing. When we talk about hydration, um, how much hydration can impact so many things in such profound ways. It basically for most of us doesn't, it's not going to cost us really anything yeah. <laughs> except for time. And, and there's sometimes blood, sweat and tears to make sure that that, that gets done, but it is, it is critically important to so many things and you can spend lots of money, time and effort on all those exciting things. And you won't get nearly as far if they're not eating well, um, and digesting well and, and, and are well hydrated. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things we learned early on was the, 
foundational things are foundational. Critical things are critical. You know, you can do all the fancy, cool stuff and peptides and Ponce therapy and hyperbarics and all that kind of crazy stuff. But if the diet's terrible, if um, the baby's stressed, you're not getting sleep, you know, hydration, all these things. You know, mentioning hydration, one of the things with kids with CP is they tend to get recurrent UTIs. They tend to get a lot mm. of bladder issues. And so, you know, I noticed that she was having issues with that and having, you know, clouding of her urine. And, you know, what, the, the typical thing is low-dose antibiotics, you know, mm. daily to prevent UTIs. And I figured out, wait a second, if I just sit her on the toilet a certain way, keep her well hydrated, remind her, and she's ultimately bladder trained herself. So now it's not an issue. And, and she's 15 now. She's had antibiotics once in her life, um, which is crazy for any kid, let alone a kid with cerebral palsy who has mobility issues and bladder issues and the like. So, yeah, no, that's incredible actually to, to, to hear that. And again, <laughs> similar, uh, issues with, with my daughter as well. And, and, you know, the alternative again was a prophylactic dose of antibiotics and, and you just say, you know, let's try something else. Thankfully, I, I will say that our GP at the time said, really don't want to do that if we don't have to. So let's, let's see what our alternatives are, or it's just test every time you think, you know, I literally had an ongoing requisition. <laughs> so we could test if there was an issue. So what, what other things? So foundationally, obviously we couldn't agree more um, with those things, but what are, uh, what are other things would, would you say have moved the needle the most for her? Well, when I first started this journey, there really wasn't, I didn't know about a lot of things with kids with cerebral palsy. So I reached out to the autism world first to say, Hey, what data is there for this neurological issue? And kind of went down the Amy Asko SNP testing world. If you're familiar with her work and so mm -hmm. we did the testing and learned how to read, you know, pages and back then it was only 20 pages of SNPs. Now it's over 80 pages of SNPs and to figure out you know, nutritionally, what would help her. That was like my first thing. Then kind of led into more doing organic acid testing and stool testing. Again, these are things that help with her metabolism, but ultimately my wife actually came across a therapy called suit therapy that was used by um, astronauts for actually keeping their muscle mass um, in Eastern European countries. And so we started doing that and realizing, wait a second, one of the best things for our brain is physical activity, you know, lo and behold. Right. And so that was the next kind of step. And so from there, we kind of, you know, expand even more looking at chronic low, low grade infections, um, eventually did ponds, read a book by Dr. Doji on um, the brain, it changes itself. And so we went to Canada. We actually came to Canada. We could not get that here in the United States. You know, yeah. you said you're in Toronto area. Yeah. I'm just outside of Toronto. So, so yes, to, we came up to Toronto actually, and actually yeah. saw um, um, a chiropractor up there that was doing it in his clinic. Yeah. And we were the first kid with CP um, in the United States. That I know of that actually was doing ponds yeah. based on Russian research that actually had filtered through some other channels. So um, and now we're doing peptides. So it's just been a progress. We've done hyperbaric, um, a whole host of things, but it's just been interesting. Every time I hit a wall, I, I learned something new that we then advance it. And then part of our story is just seeing how, you know, using, looking other, not just CP, autism, traumatic brain injuries, um, using all the literature and taking the bits and pieces out of, well, how do you deal with, you know, a kid with gut issues? Okay, check. How do you deal with a kid with chronic infections? Check. And it's interesting how things like autism, pandas and pans and ADHD and, you know, brain trauma, all these have similar threads. And sometimes it's, it's an age at which you're exposed. My daughter was before birth. Mm -hmm. Sometimes with autism, it's, you know, at 12 months or 16 months of age, you know, sometimes it pans, it's four years. And it's interesting to see how similar etiologies at a different developmental stage in a kid will give you 
totally different clinical pictures and realize there's actually a lot of interconnectedness between um, any kind of neurological issue in a young developing brain that's trying to wire itself. Yeah. Interesting to hear you say that because that it did take me a long time. So one of the struggles I think that a lot of parents have, and of course the internet's changed a ton since when I started on this um, journey, you know, uh, we're well, 17 years ago or so. And uh where there was nothing, there was, you know, or very, very, very little um, to now being probably actually too much because it's extremely overwhelming uh, trying to figure out where to start. But one of the things that it did, it took me a number of years to realize is, and what was so important because my daughter didn't actually have great um she didn't fit one mon diagnosis really well, which is the truth for many of these kids because they have so many overlapping uh, co comorbidities. But um, but when they don't fit the diagnostic criteria at all, you you're, you're left to Google something, uh, some random symptoms, which don't necessarily get you anywhere. So, um, but so what I ended up finding out through that whole journey was, um, I really was then I did the same thing. I ended up reaching out cause she did not have an, even though we had, had done all the diagnosis on, on autism, did not have autism, but I ended up reaching out to the autism community as well, because there was so much um, over, I mean, I could see the overlap in the symptoms and, and, um, from, from different things as well as learning disabilities and, and all these different bits and pieces and, and books like Dr. Norman Doe's book, um, his two books that, that he came out as well. So many interesting things. And you can start to see that you can pull these threads from so many places. And I think that's, what's so important as parents is not to just look within the diagnosis of your child, but to look beyond that and just think about the symptoms and, and what other areas where there has been more research that you can maybe pull in and, and uh, pull that thread. Well, I think that, you know, um, an interesting point to think about on top of what you just said is that when you get these diagnoses like autism or ADHD or whatever, you have to realize these titles originally started out just for research criteria. We need to have a, these are syndromes right initially. So we need a set of symptoms that we can give a diagnosis. So then we can do research on, we can standardize an approach. So let's standardize an approach, whether it's whatever that approach is. But the reality is there's so much crossover between all kinds of things, you know, you know, what used to be called PDD, then autism, then it's, you know, you know, Asperger's is a different version. It's like, it's very much, there's many diseases that are very similar where they have a spectrum. And then learning, you have to learn the whole spectrum, realize, well, based on exposure, time, date, environment, you, know, you get a different trajectory. And so that's where and that applies, not just in the neurological develop, developmental world, but also in cardiovascular health, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, a whole host of and other inflammatory diseases and mitochondrial diseases where based on the genetics and environment, you can have the same exposure, but a different outcome. And, and researching that and find out, well, what do you do for these different things? How can I unwind that? And then how can I look at my daughter or the, my patients and apply that information to them? And this is the ultimate kind of personalized medicine where we literally tailor the treatment to the individual, not you have this diagnosis here, your five or six treatments. Yeah. Now, one of the things I want to jump back to actually, because I meant to do that when you were talking before is actually, can you explain to people what the pawns is? Because oh. most people will not be familiar with what that is unless they have read that book or okay. have someone that in their world that has uh, Parkinson's because that's typically what it's used for. Well, so it's this interesting technology that, do you know, Tara, the, do you know the first time in the medical literature they used lingual stimulation to treat a neurological disease? It was the 1880s. And so, yes, you know, so it's like one of the things that just blew my mind about ponds, I'll explain, is that a lot of these new fancy things are actually 
old. They've just been refined. And so the pons is this really cool device that activates your central nervous system through your tongue. And so you have multiple cranial nerves that are in your mouth and your tongue that go right back to your midbrain part of your brain, which is where all the regulation, temperature, um, a whole lot of regulatory um, nuclei are there. And so the pons actually activates them while, you, while you're doing an activity. So you wear a little thing around your neck and stick this tongue thing in your mouth and it vibrates us and it activates your tongue with little copper electrodes at a certain frequency in certain ways. Um, and while you're doing activity, it helps re-regulate dysregulation. So it's happening as your brain's trying to say, move that arm, move that leg from a stroke or whatever injury, um, traumatic brain injury. Actually, it's approved in the United States to treat multiple sclerosis now. Okay. Yeah. So um, originally it was just approved for di the dizziness from um, traumatic brain injuries. As you're doing these things, the brain actually can re-regulate its dysregulation and remake old connections. Um, the um, thing with my daughter was she hadn't actually made those connections. So the question was, could she actually improve her gait with this device, which she did um, to a certain degree. So but that's the pons. It's a really cool thing. Um, hoping to get more exposure, not just in Canada, but also in the United States. It just mm -hmm. came here within the last year. Yeah, it is amazing how much of that stuff goes, goes way back. And like you said, it can be applied in many different um, you know, it, uh, many different, I guess, diagnoses or, or whatever it might be. You just need to look back at the, the root of what it's doing and what the mechanism of action is. And can that actually improve what, what, uh, your, your child might be challenged with. And one thing we talked about before we started recording was functional neurology. And I did some mm -hmm. training at Cerebrum down in, um, in, um, Atlanta, Georgia, which, yeah. and so they were down there, they were years ago using two lingual probes activating the tongue to help with some people with neurological issues. And I remember looking at it back then being like, this is the weirdest thing ever. Who would ever do this? <laughs> you know, and then I ended up going to Canada to do something very, very similar. So it's interesting how a lot of things I've kind of looked at and poo-pooed in the past I'm now doing as you learn more, you realize that there's so much out there. Yeah. Now there, there's, there's still lots to learn, which is a good, the good thing. Um, but also the overwhelming thing um, as well. So one of the things, so in your, let's talk a little bit about um, your, how you are practicing now and the ways that you now, the way it's changed how you interact with the patients that you see. Okay. So, well, I mean, I've, I'm applying functional medicine, integrative and holistic medicine, which all have their unique nuances to them, to patients. So part of that is just, you know, a two hour intake where I learn someone's whole entire history as best I can two hours, which you still don't get everything. Learn how, you know, what came before your illness, what triggered it, what's keeping you, what's keeping you stuck there, looking at their environment, are there mold, other toxins involved, chronic infections, nutrient deficiencies, and really kind of tailoring my treatment, not to the person's diagnoses, but to their expression, you know, how, how things pop up has a huge impact on what we do, what, what do we unwind first, you know, if the first thing that triggered things was a traumatic brain injury, it's like, okay, well, obviously that's an acute thing, but why do people have different expressions of a TBI? Maybe you lived in a moldy house for years and years and had no idea, maybe had gut issues and had no idea that that was setting up for inflammation and the brain injury that caused massive leaky gut and leaky brain set up the issues for the last two or three years. And so we kind of unwind that, then create an individualized um, treatment plan. And then once we have that, then we do therapeutic trials. It's like, let's try this, see how you do with it. Great. Let's do this, see how you do with that. That didn't work so well. Well, maybe we'll do that four steps ahead. And you really 
tailor your treatment to the patient and also to their preferences. You know, I'm gonna have this amazing protocol to do 15,000 things. And if the person's struggling with, I just trying to find real food, then we kind of, we have to um, tailor that to the individual. And that's part of the, um, the um, fun as well as the difficulty in this kind of medicine. Yeah. Well, it is that personalized medicine that we all need, but uh, unfortunately can't get in most places. Where are you at now with your daughter in terms of how, how is she doing? And um, what, uh, I guess, what is your, your, maybe your favorite thing from all the experiences you've had making these changes over the years? She's 15 now. So um, to put things in perspective, I mean, she was never supposed to walk or talk or crawl. She's, we were told she had severe mental retardation. So she'll never get any kind of jokes or anything. Of course, she wasn't supposed to walk or talk. So I'm not sure how that was supposed to make a difference. Um, but um, now she currently is walking with forearm crutches. Um, she just now is able to balance and hold herself up for maybe 30 seconds. Um, she plays chess, loves, loves card games. She started writing. Actually, we did um, hyperbarics last summer and she started actually was going like from single letters to actually writing her whole name and then we started doing peptides with her she's now actually her vision's improving so you know we're we're in a unique position where kids that are 15 with cp don't continue to get better um we recently started tasis therapy which actually i'm doing with a group in canada actually smile therapy if you're familiar with them they they're an otpt group that does a lot of really cool things and so that's basically a task specific electrical stimulation where she's walking based on her body tone, you'll activate different muscles. So um, that's what we're doing right now. And again, she's continuing to even get more balance, walk better. Her legs used to cross all the time. And the fix for that was to do SPML, cut her back and cut, do, cut hamstrings, right? We've um, addressed that with, um, with, with Tasis and also another device that I found. Um, it's a revive. It's a foot plate. That's a nurse, nurse stimulation device has actually decreased a ton of her, her, um, her tone, which has enabled her to actually stand flat foot. So, um, that's where we're at right now. We're, I'm continuing trying to learn new things. Um, you know, it's, that's, that's been my, the, um, the gas in my fire has been my daughter. That's what's been my accelerant for learning. I like to read and learn, but it's, when you have a, a little girl who literally at some point in time, her brain's going to stop developing and you, you know, you have limited time. There's no greater motivator than that. You know, yeah. for a dad, there's no greater motivator. Yeah, no, it is. And I mean, it, it does, it takes a lot of time and energy and effort and it does take a lot of research and that's why, um, it's great that you, uh, taken the time to share that with us today, because, uh, it is, it is a, a steep learning curve and we are all still learning because there's still so much more that we don't know. And, um, really what that means is there's just even more potential out there that we haven't tapped yet. So, um, it's always great to run into other parents and I'm obviously a, uh, practitioner that has been through this with their child. What, um, how do you work with people? Like in terms of what, what ways can people reach out and work with you if they would like to? Well, I mean, I've got, we've, we're trying to set up a different levels of things. You know, the first thing is just general information to the public to kind of educate people about what is functional medicine. And that we do through our social media, Facebook, you know, blogs on the website. If people sign up for our newsletter, they get those on a weekly basis. Um, the next level, which is actually individual involvement is our, we have a community, an online community where people can sign up. Um, we have some courses in there, health coaches, um, we're been just walk through patients, I'm sorry, individuals, not patients, individuals, um, just through some of their issues with, with navigating things, right? It's an educational platform only, of course. Um, but, um, that's the next level. If people want to work with me one-on-one, then I have my one-on-one clinic in Richmond, Virginia, where we work on people one-on-one, but we're trying to create this 
because this kind of medicine is just hard to access, it's where you go. I mean, in, in central in Richmond, where I'm at, there's two, two doctors that do this. It's myself and my partner in a city of 1.2 million people. It's just, there's not enough of us out there. So I'm trying to educate as well as give people different options. You know, one of the things I, facts I quote all the time is that half of all chronic disease in our country can be directly related to eating processed foods. 80% of heart disease and 70% of cancer can be prevented by diet and lifestyle alone. If I truly believe that, then the patients at the individuals at the center of their healthcare and educating people is the single biggest um, leverage point for people um, to advance their health or the health of their kids. So that's kind of the one of the reasons I make education a big part of um, what I do. That's, that's great. I, I hadn't really thought of it that way too, because it is in the end, we all have to take charge and the patients or the individuals that you are working with or educating, they do have to take um, both their own health and their children's health into their own hands and, and do the hard work. We can only, you can only do so much, even when you are a physician that is identifying what they should do. There's so much more to do once they leave your office. So that's, that's wonderful that you're doing that. We have links to um, Dr. Hartman's um, all his social media and his website and everything in the show notes for today, but it's Richmond Functional Medicine Center, uh, sorry, richmondfunctionalmedicine.com if you're looking for his website and just listening today. Um, Is there anything else that you, you want to share with everybody today before we wrap up? I think, you know, knowing your, the community you're talking to, I think the biggest thing is just people just do not give up on your kids. You know, just because you run into a wall, you meet someone who is the expert. Um, there's so many things out there. I just am amazed by, you know, hypermobility, something I came across several years ago that there's experts doing that for 30 years. Mold, which I stumbled across eight years ago, which the guy who discovered that, discovered that in the 19, um, I think it was 98, 97. It was a long time ago. Like there's so many things out there that, you know, are waiting to be discovered and people that have been doing this for a long, long time, longer than, than I've been involved in longer than we've been involved. So just encouraging parents just to search, seek, look, there are answers, but they, there are pearls out there. They just require someone to uncover them. So just don't give up. Um, and technology, things are always changing. There's always new things popping up, you know, never give up hope on yourself, your family, your kids. And my wife and I have that's, you know, we say Hartman's do hard things and we tell our kids that, and um, they kind of are growing up realizing we just, you do hard things. That's just, that's, that's life. And when you do that, you, you, you live a great life, a life, a life of meaning and value, but also see your kids um, thrive. And that's work. That's our main goal is for our kids to thrive. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Thank you so much for your time today. And um, I look forward to seeing all the work that you continue to do. Okay. Well, thanks for inviting me. I had a great time. So that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me this week on My Child Will Thrive. I'm so passionate about giving you the tools and information you need to help your child recover. And as they say, it takes a village. So join us in the My Child Will Thrive Village Facebook group, where you can meet like-minded parents and stay up to date on everything we have going on at My Child Will Thrive. This is Tara Hunkin, and I'll catch you on the next podcast or over at mildchildwillthrive.com.